אוקיי, שבוע טוב. Welcome back everybody, בעזרת השם. We had a good question that was sent this week. Somebody asked, out of total simplicity, he asked, is there a Breslev Shulchan Aruch? Is there a Breslev Code of Jewish Law? Good question. Does Breslev have their minhagim and everything in halacha? Good question, right? So the answer is like this. You can see this also in the book, Crossing the Narrow Bridge. He brings it down very nicely in the chapter, the Appendix A on the study of codes, the codes of Jewish law. And also in the chapter of Simplicity, it's like this. Whenever anybody asked, what is the Breslev custom in such and such a situation? The answer always was, look in the Shulchan Aruch, look in the code of Jewish law. Whatever it says there, that's what Rabbi Nachman did. Okay, there's minhagim, there's customs. Always it was understood that people who come from different customs, if you're Moroccan, if you're Yemenite, if you're Litvish and everything, whatever, people continue their family customs. Just because you become breastive doesn't mean you throw out, you throw out all your customs. There's no such thing. This is the beauty of Rabbi Nachman and his teachings, is that you don't have to change, you don't have to change what you're doing. What, you, what are you changing? You're changing how you're doing what you're doing already. Just again, Rabbi Nachman, for example, he himself on Pesach did not eat what's called in Yiddish, Gebrochts, in Hebrew, Shruya, which means like matzah ball soup, matzah which comes into contact with water. Rabbi Nachman himself didn't eat that. But he said clearly, if your custom on Pesach is yes to eat matzah ball soup and yes to eat matzah with, with that's cooked and that's with liquid and everything, then continue. If your custom is not, then don't. I also said, just because you're a chassid, doesn't mean you have to stop davening Nusach Ashkenaz. If you're coming from like an Ashkenazi Nusach, you don't have to switch to Sfard, which is a Hasidic Nusach. If you're Sfardi, you don't have to change. That's the beauty, Mamash, that's the beauty of Rabbi Nachman's teachings, which makes him so universal, is that he's not after changing where you're coming from. As a Jew, you have your family customs and traditions and everything. You can continue. What is he concerned about? The concern is how are you doing it? How are you doing what you're doing? Just, just because you, you come from a certain background doesn't mean you have to do things sad and heavy and gloomy. No, you can put life and simcha, clapping the hands and joy and singing the words. That might bother other people. And they might say, we didn't do this in Morocco. We didn't do this in Libya. We didn't do this in Yemen. We didn't do this in our shul back in Germany and everything. Ah, but it has nothing to do with now. It's how I'm doing the halacha. I'm following my customs, how my pronunciation. I'm following my customs and halacha, how I do and this and that, how I dress, how I, how I have my beard, how I wear my peyot, how I have my kippah and everything. Okay, I, I have that from the family. But how I'm doing, ah, that is where Rabbi Nachman comes into play. And this is where there's no halachic book. Rav Nossin once said, the Torah, what to do, we received from Moshe Rabbeinu, from Moshe, Moses. But how to do it, 
how to do what we received from Moshe Rabbeinu. This of Nosin said we got from Rabbi Nachman. Rabbi Nachman's concern is to get people connected to God. You have, you have your customs, you have your, your background and everything. Continue. Continue your standard. If you're a Baal Tshuva, you don't have. So you can choose. You can choose what pathway you want to follow. You want to follow a Litvish way. You want to follow a Kabbalistic Sephardi way. A Rav Avadi Yosef way. Or a Hasidic uh, way. Mishnabura, Chazonish, whatever. There's a wide variety of pathways in halachic application today. That's not Rabbi Nachman's concern. Rabbi Nachman's concern is how you're doing it. When they say, oh, it's the breast of custom, the breast of custom to do this, these are customs which have nothing to do with the halacha. Like, for example, in the breast of shul, Friday night, the custom is to sing this tune, that tune. <laughs> what does that have to do with halacha? These are breast of tunes and everything that eventually, the closer you get, you get more familiar with them. You try to you bring these, these melodies into your Shabbos table because you like them. You feel the connection to Rabbi Nachman and his following when you sing his nigunim, etc. Okay, but it's nothing to do with halacha. Halacha is halacha. Halacha is the code of Jewish law, what to do and everything. But there's no, there's no, like, standard code. Even in dress, you may see me, for example, wearing a white kippah. And you might assume, ah, breast lovers are wearing white kippah. <laughs> but you have breast lovers who are far better than me, who are, I don't reach their even, their pinky, their toenail or their pinky, and they don't wear a white kippah. And they're breast lovers, they're followers of Rabbi Nachman. There's no dress code. As long as a person is within the parameters of the code of Jewish law, he's okay, he's all right. Where Rabbi Nachman comes into play again is how you're doing it. He gives advice which has nothing to do with halacha. The advice of going, of doing it, talking to Hashem. Does it have to do with halacha? Since when? This is a personal devotion to connect to God, not binding of halacha. His conduct of learning halacha every day. Oh, in breast of the strong tone of halacha every day. That's a halachic issue that's a conduct going to the mikveh as much as possible every day if you can okay the one place where Rabbi Nachman puts his foot down he puts his foot and gives an opinion in halacha is his opinion regarding when is chatzot when is halachic midnight in halachic midnight there are a few opinions the two main opinions are that whatever is halachic noon, so for example today, if your halachic noon wherever you live was 11.37 a.m., in the winter, for example, it's before before 12 o'clock, because that's when the sun is exactly over your head, 11.37, 11.35, that will be exactly 12 hours later, midnight. So if 11.37 a.m. was noon, halachic noon, so automatically halachic midnight is 11.37. That's one opinion. There's another opinion, which is you calculate from Tzeta Kochavim, from nightfall, whatever is each person where they live. And also some people, like Hasidic people in, in Williamsburg, they'll do what's called Rabbeinu Tam. They'll do the opinion of Rabbeinu Tam, where they hold that, that you can daven Arvit only 72 minutes after, after Shkia you have. 72 minutes is called. Okay? So depending on each person and their custom, when is nightfall, to take that point and add six full hours. So if nightfall is at, let's say, uh, 5.23 p.m., that's nightfall in the, in the winter, let's say, so 5.23 p.m. plus six hours, 
6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11. 11 p.m. would be halachic midnight, as opposed to 11.37, if you think that's, a, that's the second opinion, okay? Here, Rabbi Nachman put his nose in, and he said, this is the correct opinion for midnight. The six full hours from Tzete Kochavim, from nightfall, that's, that's when midnight is. This is the only place written, recorded, that Rabbi Nachman gives an opinion in a halachic dispute. There's opinions here. The opinion of the standard Kabbalists and everything is the first opinion. Whatever is, is noon, that's automatically midnight. 11.37 a.m., so 11.37 p.m. Okay? Here comes along Rabbi Nachman. Gives it, it holds by the second opinion, which is that of the Magen Avraham and the Zohar, that it's six full hours. It's funny how the Zohar and the Kabbalists will have a contradiction of opinion. Funny, huh? Yet, Rabbi Nachman says this is the correct time. This is the only place Rabbi Nachman gives his opinion. <laughs> and already, by the majority of Jewish people in the world, do they really care? Do they really get up at midnight anyways? Are they so concerned? In breast of teachings, yes, we get up. We get up because it says in the Shulchan Aruch to get up. If you open the beginning of the Code of Jewish Law, it talks about getting up at midnight, that a person should wake up extra early, and in fact get up at midnight to mourn over the destruction. That's in Halacha. It has nothing to do with Breslev. It has to do with Halacha and Code of Jewish Law. It's in the Code of Jewish Law. There was a story with Rabbi Eliyahu Lopian. He was uh, one of the rabbis of the Musar movement here in, in the Holy Land. He passed away maybe 20, 30, 40, 30 years ago, I think. Maybe a bit more. 1970s, 1980s. And this Rabbi Lopian, before, before he passed away, at the end of his life, he started getting up at midnight. His students asked him, what happened? All of a sudden you're getting up at midnight. Well, what's going on here? So he said, you know, when I, when I leave this world, and I'll go to the heavenly court, so most probably they're going to ask me, did you fulfill the halacha? Did you go and live according to Torah law? And I most probably will say yes. And they're going to want to test me to see if it's true. And I'm going to assume they're going to open in the middle of the code of Jewish law, the laws of Shabbat, the laws of Kashrut, the laws of the mikveh, the laws of kashering vessels, the laws of eating kosher meat, the laws of theft, of robbery. What am I going to do, he said, if they open the very beginning of the Code of Jewish Law, where it talks about getting up at midnight, did you do this? What am I going to say to them? So he woke up, he said, I have to do this. I can't just live the whole life and I didn't get up at midnight. So he started getting up at midnight. So again, this is the beauty of Rabbi Nachman's teachings. Your halacha, your customs, your conduct, you're coming from some background, continue. You, 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 you came even from Chabad. Chabad, they have halachic minhagim. Yes, Chabad have customs and everything which are halachically binding. So technically, even you can be someone who follows Chabad by halacha, but by hashkafa, they, they follow breast of teachings. I recall a story I heard many years ago, maybe about tw- a third, almost, almost 30 years ago, that there was a... Cherokee Indian, a North American Cherokee Indian convert. And this convert, his conversion was done in Bnei Brak by Litvish rabbis. And the night before the final stage of the conversion, which is the mikveh, immersing, after they take 
or do a circumcision, and but if he already has a circumcision, what's called hatafat dam, they take some blood from his reproductive organ. So the final stage after that is the mikveh. The night before the final stage of the conversion, he had a dream, and in his dream he saw himself lying down. He turned, he saw two what seemed to be tzaddikim emanating a lot of light. He asked him, "Who are you?" One said, "I'm Rabbi Nachman of Breslev." And the second was dressed in very oriental, Sephardic wardrobe. He said, I'm Rabbi Yosef Chaim of Baghdad, the Benish Chaim. So in his dream, he sees them talking to each other, Rabbi Nachman and the Benish Chaim. And Rabbi Nachman asks the, the Benish Chaim, Rabbi Yosef Chaim of Baghdad, in his dream, No, should we take him? So Rabbi Yosef Chaim said to the Rabbi Nachman, Why not? As a Gentile, he's already proven himself that he's very honest and straightforward and good in searching for the truth, all the more so when he converts. So Rabbi Nachman said to Rabbi Yosef Chaim, the Ben Yishchai, okay, so let's take him. And he woke up from the dream, and he said, whoa. And his rabbis, being Litvish rabbis, they for sure didn't tell him anything about Rabbi Nachman, and for sure about the Ben Yishchai, because they wanted him to follow a rigid strong diet of the Litvish world, Litvish halacha, Litvish gemara study, etc. No mentioning of the Ben Yishchai, no mentioning Rabbi Nachman, whatever. So, the next day, after the conversion, the final stage, and he went to the mikveh, and he hugged his rabbis, because it's a whole procedure, if you know. Conversion is not so easy, it takes a long, long time, and the convert develops a very, you know, a strong connection with his rabbis, who were there teaching him the, the whole time. So he asked his rabbis who were there at the final stage of the conversion with the Beit Din and everything. He asked them, can you please tell me, who is this Rabbi Yosef Chaim of Baghdad? They said, oh, he's some Sephardic Rabbi, the Ben Yishchai, you know, he lived uh, almost 100 years ago, whatever. But it's not for you. You know, don't get involved, don't look for these things. We're giving you a nice, rigid diet. You're going to go follow standard. You know, you have your Mishnah Bura. You have your Chazonish. We're putting in your yeshiva system. Don't get involved with these things. So he said, okay. And then he asked, and how about this Rabbi Nachman of Breslev? They said, oh, yo, yo, how did you find out? Oh, no. You, you now became brainwashed. You're going to get involved with this cult. We're warning you. We converted you on condition, you know, not knowing that you, that, not knowing that you knew these things. We're warning you, please, stay away. You're a Jew now. We can't go back. That's it. You're a Jew. But we're warning you, stay away, stay away from Breslev. It's a cult. It's dangerous. He was shocked when he heard this because in his dream, he saw so much light from these tzaddikim. So, life continued. Now he's a Jewish and he's in the Torah system and he's in yeshivas in Bnei Brak. And he came across, so he's walking one day and a tiny Sephardi shul in Bnei Brak, they were, they were looking for a tenth person. Asiri, Asiri, they're calling a tenth person to come to help with the Minyan. They needed a tenth person for the Minyan, for, for Mari, for Arvit. So he went in, he sat down, he davened with them. And on the table, he sees, it says, Ben Yishchai Halachot. He opens it, and in the front page is a picture, a portrait of the rabbi he saw in the dream, Rabbi Yosef Chaim of Baghdad, with the same oriental hat and everything, and he was shocked. You know, he saw the face that was in the dream, and he was not traumatized, but, you know, very impressed with that. So it said there, behind the picture, on the, on the next page, 
to order all the books of the Ben Yishchai Yosef Chaim Baghdad, please write to Mansur Machane Yehuda, Jerusalem, Israel. He took down the address and made sure nobody was looking and people that he knew and whatever. He took down the address. Okay? A few days passed and he was in his yeshiva and he was going through the room where they put the Geniza. Geniza is, you know, all the pages of Torah or torn books that they bury, eventually bury them. Also, all types of Parsha sheets, you can't throw them out. It requires what's called Geniza, right? You have to bury it. So he was looking for something in the Geniza room, whatever, and then they came across these little pamphlets put out by, if you remember, Rav Sheik, who used to live in, uh, in Borough Park, and also in Israel, he opened a, a Breslev community in Yavniel. So he had these Breslev pamphlets, and almost every, every house has them. Don't be afraid, be happy, it'll turn out for the good. All these amazing topics, little booklets that they used to give out in the 90s, they still give out in the 70s, the 80s, the 90s, now even, okay? So he came across one of these booklets, and it said Rabbi Breslev and Rabbi Nachman, and it also said there to order all the books and teachings of Rabbi Nachman right to this address, P.O. Box, such and such, Ashdod, Israel. He took down the address, and what did he do? He couldn't resist. So he wrote to both addresses, to the Rabbi Mansur in, uh, in Jerusalem, Machani Yehuda, and the, the P.O. Box in Ashdod. He asked them, send me please all the books, you guys, in, 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 uh, in Machani Yehuda, Jerusalem, all the books of the Ben Yishchai. And he said, that second address, the P.O. Box in Ashdod, send me all of Rabbi Nachman's teachings. So this Cherokee Indian, he told this, the person who heard the story, he says, when it comes to halacha, because of this dream, I follow the Ben Yishchai. I, I follow the pathway of, of, of Yosef Chaim, the Ben Yishchai. The halacha to the Ben Yishchai, where he's Sephardi, he goes according to the Kabbalah, and he's pretty strict. He's not so lenient like Rav Ovad Yosef, if you know the world of halacha. And he said, but when it comes to the Hashkafa, you hear that? The Hashkafa, how I do what I'm doing, for this I have Rabbi Nachman's teachings. In fact, uh, it's known that Rav Shlomo Karlebach, he would tell his people, you need in your life two rabbis. Your own rabbi plus Rabbi Nachman. <laughs> you need Rabbi Nachman also in your life. Right? The Maharal of Prague also points out. The Maharal of Prague asks a question. He says, if you look in the first chapter of Pirkei Avot, Ethics of Our Fathers, right? It says there twice the same beginning of a different end. It says twice, Aselech Arav. Make for yourself a Rav. You need a Rav. Acquire, right? Make for yourself a Rav. Aselech Arav. But one time it ends, Ukne Lecha and acquire a friend. And the second time it says, Vetistalek Min Asafek. Acquire a Rav, and be exempt from doubts. So the Maharal of Prague, asks, why does it say twice? From here you see, a person needs two guides, two rabbis in his life. One for halacha, uh, Torah law, and one for hashkafa, your perspective. The one that says, make for yourself a rabbi, and thus be free from doubt, is talking about, the Maharal says, a halachic rabbi. When you have questions in halacha, 
you ha- you are a Jew. You have questions. You have questions. Sometimes not everything is written. Sometimes things pop up. Oh my dog. Oh my lord. You know, like a milk spoon fell into the pot with onions, and it was a meat pot, but there was no meat inside. Is it now rendered trave? I don't know these things. I don't know the condition and the, the twenty-four hours pass. All these things. The person's not two hundred percent. He needs access access to a halachic rabbi who's knowledgeable more than him in Torah law, and he can give him guide, guidelines, okay? So he has a halachic rabbi. And the second one, the Mara says, where it says, and make for yourself a rav, and acquire a friend, is re- regarding a rabbi of hashkafa, who's guiding you, like a friend, to give you that boost and encouragement to come close to Hashem. What you're doing, that's the rabbi for halacha. What to do? To do like this, we do like this, we do like that, etc. The Sephardim do like this, Ashkenazim do like that. Okay, that's the halachic rabbi, the halachic guide. But now for hashkafa, my perspective, the boost of how, who's going to instill me with fear of heaven and how to connect to Hashem and to feel that closeness, advice, how to overcome all the thoughts trying to make me crazy and nuts while I'm davening, thoughts and, and feelings making me to feel depressed and out of it and temptations, how to overcome. For that, I need a tzaddik, a tzaddik who can guide me, okay? With this last point here, this Mishnah here from Pirkei Avot, I'm going off a little because it's an amazing topic. Rav Nosen, before he passed away, he gave insights on this Mishnah. He also was able to write it. He was very weak and sick. He wrote his insights on this Mishnah in his very last discourse that he wrote before he passed away. It's in the book Likutei Alachot. The Laws of Rosh Chodesh, Discourse number 7, towards the end. So Rav Nosen explains like this, something amazing. And he also said it over to the breast of Rosh Hashanah who were visiting him when he was sick. So he said, You need a Rav. You need a Tzaddik in your life. You need a Tzaddik. Ah, but what if you don't know who he is? You don't know where he is? How to find him? How am I going to find this Tzaddik? who can infuse me with such fear of heaven, with such life, to continue going and to start again in life and to pursue coming close to Hashem. Where is he? Where is this tzaddik? You're, you're commanding me in the Mishnah, make for yourself a rabbi. I don't know who to turn to. What do you want me to do? Where is this guide who can help me? So if Nosen says, that's the continuation of the Mishnah. If you don't know who that Rav is, so in the meantime... Kne translates as acquire. Acquire for yourself a friend. So the Mishnah, the Mishnah is reading, make for yourself a rabbi and acquire a friend. The Maharal gave his, his interpretation. There's also the simple interpretation that you need a rav and also a friend. You should buy a friend. Where they explain that if you, if you need someone to learn with, so you can pay him by the hour to learn with you. So do so. Acquire, pay, acquire to get a friend. That's, the, that's one of the interpretations. Rav Nosen explains like this. Ukne also means not just to acquire, to buy, to purchase. It also is the word for kane. A kane in Hebrew, in English, the translation is a quill, a pen. Kane, that you write with. The quill, like in the back in uh, 120 years ago, where the, the inkwell and the quill to write with as a kane. So Rav Nosen says, 
Aselacharav, make first of a rabbi. I don't know where he is. I don't know where, who, where to go, where to, where to turn. So in the meantime, kne books which are written with the quill, the writings of tzaddikim, who were definitely tzaddikim, who were definitely true tzaddikim, proof being that whenever I read their teachings, they talk directly to me. They speak directly to me. Such teachings like this. Wow. Kne, books written like that. Lecha chaver. The word chaver means a friend. But it can also mean titchaber, to join, to connect. So if I don't know who the Rav is, so in the meantime, Rav Nosen explains, Kne lecha chaver. If you don't know who this tzaddik is, so in the meantime, attach yourself to tzaddikim, who were definitely tzaddikim, attach yourself to them through their books, their writings, their teachings, even if they're not here physically. But somehow, these tzaddikim, even though they lived 100 years ago, 200 years ago, whatever, you relate to what they wrote. You feel they're, they're talking directly to you, and it was written 100, 200 years ago. These books, in the meantime, connect and attach yourself to them until you find that tzaddik, that living tzaddik, who can better relate to you, who can even better than the books connect and give teachings of Torah that are exactly what you're going through and give you the right advice. So again, in summary, there is no formal code of Jewish law to Breslev. Whatever you're coming for, that's the beauty of Breslev. Whichever background you're coming from, continue. You can continue. You don't, you don't have to change. And if you do change, don't say because of Breslev I changed. It was your personal uh, feeling that pushed you to make that change. All of a sudden, I want to look more Hasidic, I want to start wearing a bekasheh, and have the long pants like this, and the nice trimal. Don't say that, ah, because I became Breslev, I started doing this. Oh, because I'm Breslev, I started wearing the tchelet, the, the blue strings. No, 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 no. It's not because of Breslev. That's your personal feeling, personal approach, personal opinion, that you want to do this, you feel it will bring you closer. But don't say that this is Breslev. No. Rabbi Nachman's teachings are not halachically binding and doing dafka that way. For halacha, yes, you have to follow Shulchan Aruch. Your customs, follow your customs. You are Moroccan, you're Yemenite, whatever. Continue. Continue your customs that you follow. Fine. Okay? Don't, but don't say, oh, it's because he's breast of that, he does like this. If there's breast of her conduct, it's not an halacha, that's something, <laughs> you know, it, it, that doesn't, it, it's, it's not halachically binding. It's a conduct to do in order to connect to Hashem. Nothing of me with Ah, he became breastlev. He starts screaming in his davening. Listen, he's, uh, if he's screaming or not, we don't know. But he's, he's trying to daven better. He's trying to daven better. Why not? Let him do so. That, and let him do the halacha now. Don't say, ah, we don't, it's not our custom to daven out loud. What do you mean not your custom? It's your custom to be sad in davening? That's your custom? What does it say? That's halacha. It doesn't say that. Halacha is how people daven, the nusach and everything. You know, but the, the how you're doing it, yes, that's where Rabbi Nachman's teachings come in. So we should be zochem to learn halach every day and not to be swayed. One thing, one warning. I've seen many people who've come to Breslev, uh, especially Sfardim, who d- decided that they have to change everything in order to become Breslev. They start changing their pronunciation, if they, they said Baruch Ata, they start doing like the Ashkenazim, Boruch Ato, and they start following uh, uh, different customs and everything and many people and also they, they went extreme in their dress they went of the black hat and the black bekeshe 
And unfortunately, down the road, you know, 10 years, 20 years down the road, these people ended up with divorce and the kids going off the path and everything. Why was that? Why? Why didn't it happen? And in most cases, you see it coming. You see it coming because a person is not in his place. The only re- re- way a person can have success in his Yiddishkeit if he's in the right address. If he's trying to impersonate and be somebody else that he's not, then when that person is really squeezed and put in a very testing situation, the first thing he's going to throw off is the extra burdens or the, the, the person who he's not, he will throw that off. And once he throws that off, he feels so broken, he says, if I lost this, then I lost everything, and they just fall off totally. So it's very important that a person know his place and not ever to jump in. I now want to start wearing a strimal and a beckish everything. Ho, ho, ho. Take it easy. Do things step by step, slowly. After a lot of davening and a lot of waiting to get a clear response or clear directive from Hashem or from whatever of what to do and to go to the next stage. But a person should never jump in and rush in for anything, for any change, okay? Especially in halacha and everything. person should also be in his address. Because when you're in your address, you're in your right makom. If Hashem created a person and he came from a Moroccan family and he has these customs, that means according to his soul, his, his root soul of his reincarnation, this is how he's supposed to be. Now if he starts changing it, no, no, I don't want to be like this going... What are you doing? You're ruining it. You're making it that you're not in the right place. You have to be in your place. And in halacha also that applies. To be who you are, where you are. A change, it's a very delicate, subtle change. person has to be very, very careful and slowly. And in that to do a lot of hitbo, to do it before making any change. We should be zochem, to have the balance of halacha every day. And hitbo to do it every day. These two parameters are like guides, are like, uh, what's the word, like a blinker, like a horse, you know, that to keep the horse on the right path, keep a person that he doesn't get so distorted with his imagination. By learning halacha every day, and doing hitbodidut, you have these like uh, bouncers, these blinkers, I don't know how to say it exactly in English, if you have a better word, to keep the person on the right track. Okay, thank you for joining. Uh, if you have any questions, that you like to that would would we should bring them up in future Q and A classes like this. Please uh, forward me by email or by WhatsApp. Thank you so much. Shavuot tov, everybody. Have a beautiful week and Chodesh tov, Adar. Oh God, <laughs> Adar's coming this week. It's a month of Chesed. Even though it's Adar number one, it's still nonetheless. The month of Chesed starts, thank God. It's a new attitude and a preparation for Purim and the miracle of Purim on a personal level also. Shavuot Tov, Chodesh Tov, all the best.